What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Maddie Faz Podcast, live down here at the Foxhole Studios at the Jersey Shore via Fuzzy Production, Pretty Fuzzy Productions. Joined by my good friend from the old neighborhood. I feel like I've said that a lot lately, but uh, you know we've had the revolving guests coming through here and uh, checking out the new digs and uh, chef, restaurateur, former neighbor. Any other uh, descriptions I'm forgetting here, Case? Uh, working maid. <laughs> working maid. But uh, no, uh, my a good friend from our old neighborhood, Casey Patch, who actually is the owner of the Jeet Restaurant in Shrewsbury at the uh, Grove. You can check him out there, right? And uh, you guys just finished a big expansion, correct? Yes, we did uh, last February. What were like some of the things you guys uh, put in there? We uh, modernized and uh, just basically made it more efficient and beautiful. And you know, I, I obviously I and I've been through your place a, while, a bunch of times, and obviously have eaten your food since you you know were <laughs> a, a little uh, a lowercase g, but uh, you know I. Uh, I also do read about a lot of the, you know, just different things kind of going on at the shore, especially, you know, you're right in the middle of the, of the different seasons with, uh, you know, the changing crowds throughout the summer, spring. And, you know, it's about the kind of right now will be the uptick for coming down the shore. But uh, you also have the kind of, you know, I don't want to you, you got a good combination of the the locally kind of, you know, local food products, plus the fine dining aspect of it. I mean. So, I mean, do you face a lot of, like, the, 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 the seasonal shifts at the Jersey Shore, or, you know, is, do you guys kind of maintain year-round? We maintain year-round. Uh, you know, basically February, October will slow down a little uh -huh. bit. Um, from summer through Christmas, uh, we're rocking. And, um, yeah, and seasonally, basically what I see shifts is just in the food direction. Mm -hmm. uh, what's local, what's available, Um we source a lot of uh, local vegetables and our fish companies. And, um, yeah. And, uh, do you, I mean, in, in, uh, especially like in Monmouth County, are, are you seeing a lot of like turnover with different like restaurants? I mean, or, or is it a lot of the same places that you're competing with or, 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 or you know, or is, or is it like a changing landscape with, you know, different places kind of coming in and out every year or every few the, years? Yeah, there's a few, a few coming in and out. Um, but the main, uh, there's the core ones that have been there for a while. Uh, yeah. And that, was that, did that factor into the, um, you know, the decision to, to expand or, you know, was there ever a, a I, I mean, you guys do have a great location there in the, in the shops. So again, the, the, the Grove down in, in Shrewsbury, was there a, ever a, you know, possibility of moving to another location or just, or, or, or did it just work out where, where you guys expanded there? Um, yeah, we expanded there, and then um, I'm always thinking about what, what we could do next. Yeah. And at the same time, trying to um, trying to uh, you know get a little bit bit better at what we do there. So um, every year we make it more efficient, mm -hmm. and then my eyes always open to, to a new opportunity. Um, like I'm, I'm looking to source out some more local um, meats direct. Um, possibly have some sort of butcher shop, if you will. <laughs> well, you were just talking, you know, and I guess that's a good segue. You were just talking about that a little bit off the air. And I didn't realize, again, how, you know, I, I know pretty much the bare minimums about the, you know, the day-to-day -day food stuff at, at, at a restaurant. I didn't realize how 
you, you were saying about just, you know, getting your meats and, and things like that, you know, the, like the process, if you want to just talk a little bit about, you know, about how many times over, you know, how many kind of middlemen you have to go through to get, you know, kind of from point A to point B and, and get the food, you know, to your restaurant and then cook it from there. I mean, how, how does yeah. that all work? Yeah. So basically, um, <clears throat> depending on the, you know, this company I'm using now, um, it's a co-op of family farms. Um, and then uh, one company will buy, you know, buy out their cattle, put their name on it. And then another company will team up with their name, introduce two different names. Then that's sold to the uh, distributor and then to us and to retail. Mm -hmm. So a lot of travel. Yeah. And, and then you're, you, you know, and, and then, yeah, exactly. You're getting marked up every single time. Yeah, that that's goes why through. you look you look at uh, menus nowadays, and the prices keep on going up and up yeah. and up. It's because of the cost of of goods go up. That's yeah, and, and you know, I mean, you even see it again, like just at, at a grocery store. So I can imagine on a restaurant level of you know just seeing like you know even like again like chicken for example, <laughs> you know you yeah. buy at a restaurant, it's like ten dollars you know for like good chicken now, like for three chicken breasts is like ten dollars for a thing of it where you know i don't know whatever the exact numbers were a few years ago but i mean everything seems like they've gone up dramatically over the last few years but the uh one sandwich in particular the joey sandwich oh, yeah that's, that's the your uh, calling card the kids love it and everybody loves it uh from old to young but these um so the chickens we use are certified humane um they're they're local from pennsylvania mm -hmm. Um, the difference in price is four times of a commodity chicken that your standard restaurant would use. So huh. you think about that from a price point. Yeah. And, and but obviously the quality is that much. It's that it's that much better. You know, I don't know. I can't tell you how many people would really notice. Yeah. But. And and that I, actually, I might as well tell a story about that one. It's just you know because that has ended up being the. You know the, I, the the biggest right, biggest seller on your menu. Yeah, by far. Yeah, it started off and named uh, after a family member. My cousin Joey, who's a lengthy, goofy, <laughs> really funny, yeah. awesome guy. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, he loved his chicken cutlets. And actually, I worked when I worked uh, at Mumford's Culinary Center in Tinton Falls. Um, I uh, worked with this guy named Andy Joya, who came into the kitchen and had no experience whatsoever and uh mumford said oh this is the new line cook and i said oh where does he work he's like nowhere mm -hmm. he knows nothing so <laughs> i had to uh take him under my wing and then a few few years later you know you know he married my sister uh -huh. my brother-in-law but he he was there when the joey was invented okay so we were we had the chicken cutlet i'm like all right andy we're gonna do it crispy you know italian style chicken cutlet layer with provolone um tomato pesto mayonnaise a little balsamic <laughs> and fresh arugula on italian bread and i'm gonna call it the joey and boom we sold out that day and that was the one dish that i wound up doing yeah right and you said right you gave, well, you told me something great right isn't it like in the the tens of thousands now or something yeah, like maybe hundreds of thousands jesus no i mean that's obviously a great thing but that's i mean I, I again i know you again you have a type of menu where you change it seasonally you yeah do a lot don't do a lot of different things on it you know and obviously you have very high-end food 
you know, a lot of comfort food just, you know, from our it's just, yeah, old, it's just, old, you know, old school kind of Italian food. And I mean, it's a good mix of stuff, but it, it's just not again. Not, the sandwich is awesome. And I, of course, like every other Jersey Italian boy loves fried chicken, thin chicken cutlet <laughs> fries. Uh, but it's, that is just it's crazy that that has become like your yeah, the, the, the gold standard sandwich at, at the, at I the never, Jeep. Never would have thought no. it would be my sandwich, but because I. You know, coming up from the fromagerie and and um, culinary school, yeah. learning class. Well, uh, and, and, and let, you know, I guess whatever, you know, if, if it, I obviously know the story, but for for the sake of audience, you know, talk about a little bit about your rise of, of food because I and I, I want to. We will transition into what you were again another thing you were telling me off the air uh, before we jumped on about just kind of the changing culture of of restaurants and. You know, just the you know the the food industry and the, and the employment and you know all, all of that of kind of what's going on now, but I mean you, obviously food's been in your family for forever, and I mean talk a little bit about how you got in you know where you decided okay now I, I really do want to do this for a living and you know the, you know and, and kind of take the the plunge into you know be, being a chef. Yeah, um, started off by being extremely hungry as a very young boy. (laughs) And our mom's cooking 24 hours a day. Being around very good female (laughs) cooks and overeating and paying the price for it. Yeah. (laughs) No, but, uh, yeah, it's starting off with um, both sides of my family. Um, You know, I'm half Italian and I have Irish and... and Every time you go downstairs, somebody asking you if you want something heated up or or something, you know... Yeah, you're hungry. Yeah. You're hungry. Well, well, even, I guess, you know, well, before, actually, before you go to, I guess, it's a good segue into into the name of the restaurant, because, I mean... Yeah. uh, Not a lot of people know that one. Yeah, and that was was a tough one. We couldn't figure out a name, and we're at a Sunday dinner, and my... Everyone's trying to come up with names. My dad jumps up, he's like... Did you eat? We're like, what? He's like, yeah, did you eat? We're like, what? He's like, yeah, did you eat a grandpa every time? You know, you got yeah. And then that was it. We're like, all right. No, it's a, but it's perfect. <laughs> I mean, and again, knowing your family, it's it, yeah, it's, well, it's spot on. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's cute, I guess. You, and, know? you know, and again, it's if people when people hear the story, they you know they would be like, oh, okay, you know, yeah. I'm, and I'm sure not everybody gets it until you know either yeah. they what's well, funny the people that uh, uh southerners get it uh-huh. from texas from they, yeah. they get a kick out of it they get it right away okay and, and also uh from philly i didn't realize it was you know we're from staten island in, in new york brooklyn my family um but uh philly it's a big thing and you know they all say jeep they get it but the main people that get it are the kids uh-huh and we have a, a big following of young kids and uh from elementary through college. Really? Uh, yeah. And so what? We, you know, and is, are they <clears throat> are they the go to for the uh, for the Joey? Or, most or, are, but, the, but it's you know it's very common. You'll see young kids there eating a steak, eating like a, yeah, like yeah. kind of expanding the palates at a, at an early age. It's it's real. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a couple of young girls. Must have been, you know, in high school ordering like smoked trout, house smoked trout, fish entree. Mm-hmm. So it's good. They they enjoy, it. and I think, you know, they I think parents um, feel comfortable sending their kids there because, um, you know, they know they're getting freshly cooked food. Mm-hmm. You know, freshly prepared. Nothing's processed. Everything's made in house. 
so they know it's clean food and yeah. it's good for them. Yeah, and uh, as I was uh, saying a little while ago, I mean, how did how did your journey start out after that? You know, like in high school age of, of again, just deciding, all right, I want to. Yeah. Sorry. Of course, I keep doing it. That, <laughs> that, that's my problem. I, I beforehand, I tell you, I, I told, I told you, you know, oh yeah, watch out, the things are sensitive, and because again, like every other, again, male. <laughs> <laughs> with an Italian background in New Jersey, I talk with my hands, yeah. and I, I do that like five times a podcast. So, um, but anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so how, how did the the, you know, the 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 journey start out? With, you know, with, with deciding, all right, food is my yeah, you know, is, is is the is the love is the passion project. Yeah, it was with, probably catering with my mom and my my granny. Um, what was that home home cooking catering? Home cooking cooking caterers. caterers. <laughs> uh, it was. <laughs> It was pretty amazing what the, those two would pull off. You know, we would do uh, like the spaghetti and meatball dinner for the Irish for the uh, Italian American club. Five hundred people with like three of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we would do the. Well, I, I remember like going in there and you just see like sternos like everywhere. <laughs> I just be like, <laughs> my granny, she. She wouldn't, you know, when, when I do my food costing, I, I figure out, I, I, I write it all out math. She would figure in her head. Mm. She had this innate talent. We call it the eye. She knew how to eyeball the exact amount of whatever had to do for, uh -huh. hundred, for hundreds of people. Yeah. So, you know, that started it. And I realized that I wanted to have my own restaurant is from working with other people because I'm a little, when I was younger, a little bit more of a control freak mm -hmm. with things, wanted to do it something my yeah. way. So I knew that I wanted to own and not just, you know, work being. And I do. I, I mean, I do. I, I will give you credit. I mean, we were talking about the food shows um, off the air. I, I do remember watching the first Emerald show with you yeah. when not before the live audience, when it was just Emerald in, in the kitchen and, you know, talking about Hilda and, and yeah. do the early BAM and all the shit like that. But I do remember you putting it on and. I was obsessed. like that was old old Emerald like you know and, th and then obviously he like right that was like I, it was, I think like right around the time when you started right then you ended up going to um Atlanta Cape community right yeah. for, for culinary like right I remember it was like kind of like right around the same time as when he blew up and yeah, when you was... started down there um so I, I, and you, and you, you obviously you, you did the you did the culinary school Again, I, and I remember you going going through all that, commuting down there, and everything. Um, and then, well, what were the restaurants after uh, yeah, you came out? Uh, well, while before and during uh, culinary, was I was at the Grenville in Bayhead. Yes, that was twenty years ago. That's crazy. That's twenty years ago. And right? yeah, and then um, that was a great, crazy experience. You know, those were days where that that epitomizes the old school kitchen. Where it's violent, yeah, brutal. Remember, I, I was there for a short time, busing. Yeah, at the ground. Yeah, yeah. It's hot as hell in there. Yeah, the you know it was just it's really scary place to work. Yeah, it was. They were they were intense in there. And, yeah, uh, but I I I got abused and and just kept on going going going. Mm. That place really molded me. It was almost like going into the military for for uh, yeah. I mean, well, and and I mean. Because that place, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a huge place, but I mean, they had obviously the very fancy presentation, like the way they yeah. did the dining room, the way they did the food, everything. Like, they had like four diamonds. Yeah, it was very, board. very, uh, you know, 
I, I still remember the time when, because again, that, you know, going back 20 years, um, that was when the Sopranos were big. Yeah. And I remember the one night, I think I was, was, was working, you were as well. And I remember a publicist called up and said, all right, I'm not going to say who, but we're having somebody very, very <laughs> important coming in today. Some, all right. We're not, we're not going to tell you who. It's a star of the Sopranos, using the word star. But, uh, you know, I just want to make sure that there's not a big hoopla when they come in. We, just want, we don't want them bothered. We just want, you know, a nice table off to it, you know, by itself. And, you know, good, you know, good treatment, good service. But, you know, I don't want everybody coming over looking no for autographs. No over the top. N- yeah, you know, nothing, n- nothing crazy. It ends up being Janice Soprano. <laughs> like, you thought, like, Tony was coming in or something. Yeah. The, the way that I remember the way they, they, they were, like, acting was like, all right, it could be, you know. And that's pretty, that's that's how she is on the show. Yeah. It was, I know. <laughs> it was just funny, though. It was just, like, like thinking, like, all right, like, James Gandolfini's coming in here. But, no, it was, it was uh, whatever her real name is. But, um, no, I know. That, that place, though, that place was really, really. Uh, I, I remember it, like. You know, you look, you read those old ki- ki- uh, Kitchen Confidential mm-hmm. from Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. And those stories and like that, that place was. But at the same time, everyone, everyone partied hard, but, you know, yeah. got the job done. Yeah. Well, I remember the, the craziest was that they did the, uh, uh, the you know, the obviously regular Saturday night service and, the, and then the Sunday brunch was the big thing. Yeah. That was a very intense brunch. I, just, I remember working that. I was terrified the first time. <laughs> Like like everything was like so like just like by the like by the book everything was like had its spot like it was yeah. just the like, inside was the, the beautiful like Victorian beautiful setting with yeah. the music and yeah. old Victorian well, yeah yeah prints. I guess yeah it looked like a big big old Victorian bed and breakfast very in... elegant and and then you walk in the kitchen <laughs> just like a, like a nut house it's a freaking nut house yeah you got you know sous chef Ron shaved head mm. missing teeth you know just drooling yelling it, it was i actually i got the chef i actually got bit one night <laughs> but by the by the chef <laughs> and i don't care for, what, for, do you know for what it, every tuesday night is when i <laughs> my first like sidekick uh in the corner you meet a this at the ground you meet a lot of people a lot of interesting crazy characters mm-hmm. in the restaurant business in the yeah. kitchens um and my friend bj who i became worked with who is this little bulldog yeah. Five foot five, maybe. And uh, so one night, it's him and I would work Tuesday nights. We're 18 years old. We would run the kitchen. Um, chef would come in, hammered, you know, like 12-pack yeah. deep, looking at us. He looks at us. He's like, you guys suck. And, and he, you know, he was busting our balls. Yeah. And um, so BJ, little BJ, is like, oh, you want to go? He's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. As soon as we're, he's like, as as soon as we clean up, he's like, I'll take you out back. <laughs> and, and anybody knows BJ, that's how he talks. He's like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so I'm thinking it's half joking around. Him in a drunken rage, he pins me down and bites my nipple. I had like blood marks on it. <laughs> Next day we come in, I told the sous chef, Ron, Ron yelled, Ron yelled and screamed at him in front of everybody. Jesus Christ. He's like, you don't bite anybody. Dan, what's wrong with you? But, just, you know, just, uh, but that's why, there are a few places I've learned, you know, that are just, and I'm sure a lot of people will say this about their industry or, or profession, but I mean, truly where there's, and especially in, in the state of New Jersey, where there's just a few places where 
there's just no like no other place like them like a like a construction job site like is just the, yeah like you know i did that obviously working for my dad uh, you know i did a little i i we're only working the restaurant for for a short time but i i know that is a whole <laughs> thing i mean there's you know there's just a, there's a few places where like it's just the lingo the, what goes on what's yeah. allowed you know it just there, i mean there's basically no rules yeah, and it's, it's just a fucking nut house like it's like in in the restaurant industry is the only industry where you have um two sets of rules for the front and the back of the house mm-hmm. so the dining room is the front of the house you know servers people who handle the register and whoever you know whatever and then the back in the kitchen so anytime you see someone with a felony it, ra- it raises a flag for mm-hmm. the front of the house mm-hmm. for the back of the house it could be slight an advantage yeah <laughs> no, no, it, and but, <laughs> but it's like that's how that's how sick but it no but, but you know like you're saying though i mean and i know my dad did it with me with construction i mean it is you know like unfortunately <laughs> It's horrible at the time, but you do need to get the shit kicked out of you and go basically get it's almost like hazing and just get, yeah. you know, be like the, you know, the whipping boy of the- well, it's, it's being part of a team, um, you know, every day in our kitchen. It's it's a five man effort mm-hmm. in unison to syncopate all all this uh, food and then bring it all together at the same moment and go out. Yeah. So it's, well, it's, and again, especially at a place like that, too, which is, uh, I imagine, good experience because it was, you know, fine dining and, and, you know, wasn't just like churn out the food and turn over the tables kind of place. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it had to be done, you know, with, you know, with not a huge crew at, at a very high level, you know, and, and um, you know, and, and kind of maintain the reputation. Yeah, so it was like... Um at the same time, I would get beaten. One time, I got beaten with a, a five-pound salt bag. bag. Yeah. <laughs> in, from Bruges. That's where Daddy's with from. With l- lessons. And uh, I got hit with five pounds of salt and pepper, and I punched on my back because I wasn't seasoning the inside of the veal pillows. <laughs> and uh, but at the same time, the chef gave me, you know, at 18 years old, creative freedom. Like mm. here, I have skate fish. I'd never worked with it, never, mm-hmm. and he didn't give it to a sous chef. He didn't give it to anybody else. He gave it to me. He's like, "All right, do do a special," and and that was a huge experience. And mm-hmm. I did something really nice. I put a lot of effort into it. It didn't sell too well, but then the next time around, I did a special. Next time, you know. So by the yeah. time I was out of culinary, I had a little bit of a repertoire and knew what worked. Mm-hmm. You know. And so, so then, from uh, from Grenville, where where did you go next? I don't think I ever used the word repertoire. Yeah, yeah, right. You're you're, you're getting fancy now. <laughs> I, that, as as a res- restaurateur, you're getting very, very, you're, yeah, you're getting very French. Um, and then it was uh, was fromagerie net, or or did you go? Was there somewhere uh, in between? I, I fromagerie, yeah. So that I, that I graduated from Gran- from uh, graduated from culinary, and then uh, left the Grenville. Went to Fromagerie. Mm-hmm. Which that place, I mean, obviously, the, the, well, it closed down, didn't it close down briefly last year, but it's back open now? Um, there was something weird last did. year, right? It there did. was some kind of story last year where it, it I mean, that, that's been like a mainstay is one of like the top restaurants, you know, in if in the state, if not, you know, the area. It was, it was, it was um, the original owners, the was, Peters, Marcus and Hubert Peter. Uh-huh. Um, but it's they, under, it's, is that under, oh, now it's under James Burke, right? Or, or, no, or was well, it? No, they, they had, I think it was 30 years, 25 or 30 years, they had the restaurant 
they retired and uh, sold it to uh-huh. David Burke and okay. his, his uh, restaurant group. He had it for a few years and then had just recently resold. Okay. Yeah, and so it's not the same. It's not, it, you know, it's really a, still called the fromagerie, but um, it it, def, it was back in, you know, with the original owners who created it had a, a big, uh, really big impact on it. And it was a great experience. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it was probably of like, I mean, I've gone out of quite, a, quite enough dinners now with like couples or whatever for somebody's birthday. We went out for one of my friend's birthday. Again, I think it was like four couples. That was by far the most expensive. I mean, and I've gone to, you know, from the city, anywhere. I mean, that place blew away anywhere in terms of just the cost of going out to dinner. Oh, it was yeah. like, it was like, it was like $300 a person for, for it was like, just yeah. like absurd. Uh, yeah, like, like $3 million. Yeah, I was like, for, for dinner, it was like $600 for, for, yeah. for, a, for, for a birthday dinner for somebody. It's but. tough to, you know, fine dining is, is a hard thing. Um, there are very few, that's why, the, you know, there are very few successful ones. And uh, I know in Monmouth County, you know, with Restaurant Nicholas, they kind of have the whole, the lock hold on. on oh, that's the, one in, that's the one in Red Bank? Yep. And um, they've been there for years now, done a great job. Um, but to have two in the same area, it's it's tough. It has mm-hmm. to be a unique. So, I mean, how, how do you balance that? Like with in terms of, you know, having a place, again, where you can, you know, try out different things, you know, change the menu around. Do a lot, do some of the fine dining stuff, but also kind of, you know, you know, not price out your your, uh, yeah. you, you know, your. Well, we your, stick to you know we stick patrons. To, we we try to you know on our specials, I push myself to, to refine our food. You know, we we do offer the sandwiches and stuff like that, but now um, it's just a way to push creativity and and just uh, seasonal uh, seasonal food. Well, I mean, is there now at least enough of a you know, built-in audience where you yeah. have enough regulars where even if, you know, it's a, just a downtime, say, in the economy and just, just in general or, yeah, or we, if the weather sucks for a bit or, you know, I don't know, whatever factor may come in. Is, I mean, do you have enough regulars now where you can keep things afloat if, you know, if there is a down period, say, or, or anything like that? Yeah, we have uh, – our regulars are unbelievable. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, even though we are in a uh, – in the shopping center, you know, we do have majority regular customers. Mm-hmm. I have customers five days a week, six days a week, really? sometimes two times in a day. Um, and, yeah, it's it's definitely, it's good. You know, people, a lot of people rely on uh, eateries to provide their meals three times a day. They don't cook. They're busy, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, it's funny, I guess, just because we're... You know the the families we both came from and are very we're very similar with the you know just yeah. the the volume of cooking that went on and yeah. just like like to the like craziness. Well, homemade uh, food and like you know, you know with an, like a fridge full of leftovers yeah. every single day. So I guess yeah, you do. I mean, I you know lose sight of that when I hear people say that they go out to dinner every you know yeah or t- even two nights two times a, a day or whatever but I, I guess it does happen more often than than you'd think just but i i've i guess i was kind of closed off to it <laughs> because my mom's nuts with cooking but uh yeah there's always okay you're having the entree uh-huh. then another side oh it's three more sides Oh yeah, and then there's chicken cutlets, <laughs> and then there's this. Okay. Uh, and part of your expansion, right, was that you brought in, like, you do a 
was it like a chef's table kind of thing where yeah. you were and how, how has that been going so far it's good we have a, a nice it's a beautiful round uh made by rella works uh doug rella mm-hmm. um in bricktown uh, and he has a he has a mill over there he mills all local wood uh, for falling down trees from churches and different properties um he cures the wood and built us a huge six foot round uh beautiful cedar mm-hmm. and um also with matching cedar seat, uh, chairs and beautiful lady lazy susan in the center and and uh we offer it's a communal table during the day for lunch so random people can sit communally. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a nice big uh, centerpiece that kind of gives you a little bit of privacy. But um, you know, it's nice. We have we'll have three different parties sitting at, sitting at the same table. Uh, Twenty minutes goes by and people start chatting and and they have a really good time. Mm-hmm. That's good. People can talk and uh, and just you know share the love. <laughs> and then and then for dinner, right? You, you'll do like what like a special like a special kind of yeah. coursed meal or like something like that like where you you know or something maybe you whipped up that day or just like yeah, well, something creative or something for reservations basically if, okay. you know, if you have a party of say yeah. eight to, to ten mm-hmm. um i'll just customize a tasting menu sing and dance and and cook sing dance <laughs> uh i'm i'm, get, I'm try, i want to invent the hologram so basically you'd sit at this round table and you have a hologram instead of a waiter coming to your table Uh there's a hologram that shoots in the center of the wood and talk tells you your specials introduces Mm. itself just like on star wars (laughs) and then um also when it describes a special say with like you know we have a bluefin tuna out of the florida gulf boom it switches to the captain on the boat Uh the tuna on the ship and being back at the dock and, like, just this really crazy You're going to need, like, Elon Musk to design that one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my... I remember... That's the ultimate, that's the ultimate dream. <laughs> yeah, that's the ultimate dream. Like, uh, Matt, when your, your brother Mike... Um, I remember years ago, like, probably 15, 16 years old, I told him one day that the future is, is uh, restaurants like chemistry labs... <laughs> And he always laughed at me, laughed at me. And then finally, years later, he's like, you're right. You know, with all, all the new crazy well, uh, techniques. Mem- remember, remember the uh, the place on Hooper Ave? Remember the guy with the blended ice cream? No. Remember? Yes, you do. Remember the place? Uh, Not Mrs. Walker's? No, 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 no. It was it was an Italian place. Santino's, Ralph. Santini's. Santi- it's right. It was right by TJ Maxx okay. on Hooper Santini. Ave. And we went there. A few t- the food was good. It was an Italian restaurant. Yeah. And that... The guy would, he was like Artie Bucco from Soprano. He would come over to every table every time. And he, was, and, you know, and he, his thing was blended ice creams. He'd blend, you, you don't, blended. you really don't remember the it's blended? Blender? You got to ask Mike. Mike definitely, Mike doesn't forget anything. But uh, yeah, he would like blend like vanilla ice cream with like rosemary and oregano. And he was talking about that that was going to be the future of like ice cream and desserts. And he would, you know, it's all about the blending and just like blend like all these like you know like head of like time. lemon vinaigrette with like ice cream and rose <laughs> like or whatever. It was, but yeah, he was. He, but he would come over and give like a forty-five minutes like speech about how blended ice cream was going to be the future. Well, which whatever I, I don't know. I guess <laughs> maybe he wasn't. I don't know. Maybe he was just way too far ahead of his time. Yeah. All right, you know. So one of the the 
of course, hot button issues going on right now. President Trump, you can't escape it anywhere you go. I mean, it's probably the most surreal thing I can ever remember. I don't know about you, but wrong. Yeah, sad, wrong. sad. I mean, I, I mean, I truly believe that. Before I get into the question, I was gonna go go with. Um, I mean, uh, you know, like obviously, my father hated him before before <laughs> politics. And I mean, on this podcast, I do talk about my dad, obviously, a lot this year. And you are one person who has met him and knew, known him your whole life. So you can appreciate it, at least, I guess, validate some of the things I've probably said on here. But my, oh, yeah. my, my father did not care for him as a businessman. I mean, just, you know, purely for what he did to like the little guy. Like, you know, he would have put yeah. a guy like my dad out of business if my dad <laughs> ever worked with him. Although I know my dad wouldn't work with him because there'd probably be a homicide if, if they ever did. <laughs> That's uh, pre-President Trump. Uh, so when, once my father found out he was running for president, clearly my dad was not amused by that either. And uh, like it all like as Trump kind of like started rising was when my dad got sick and literally the last day. I don't know if, if I told you this or my brother told you this. Um, it, it was literally right around this time last year. My, um, they got the news from the hospital. That there's nothing else they could do. And uh, I remember actually it was probably like last week, last week of, of a year ago. <laughs> and my dad, you know, my mom helps my dad get in the car He's, you know, mentally and physically shot. And before he says anything else of, you know, how should we tell the kids? Well, you know, like not even like emotional yet. He just goes, oh, well, at least I don't have to live with that asshole as president. <laughs> that's the first, that's where my dad's head was at as he gets oh, the news. Shit. Yeah, getting the news, like the, the literally the worst news you could get. My dad, that's where his head was at that I don't have to live with that fucking asshole as the yeah. president. And yeah. he wasn't kidding. Like, I truly believe that. Like, I, you know, especially after my grandfather's action, I, you know, like stuff like that. I think a lot of health stuff can be mental. I mean, of course, certain ailments, you know, like it's game over, which I'm sure a lot of what my dad had was. But he was mentally also very shot very quickly. I'm, I'm serious. Like, I think once he thought of the prospects of Trump as his president, like, I mean, he hadn't been elected yet. But I, I just I think like he felt it in his gut, like. All right, this guy's gonna get. A I think that was like the final nail for my dad. Like that, yeah, that that was it. Like he he I, I he couldn't. He, he I don't think he like you know he could have been sick and dealt with Hillary, but he was not gonna be able to be sick and deal with Trump too. Like well, that was not gonna happen. And that that's the seems like a big majority. Of yeah, opinions. like like he he just he he was over it. Um. But I, no, but of course it is the the issue, you know, the hot button issue. I mean, every day, like, it, I mean, Obama got the nickname "No Drama Obama" because it was just so like kind of like smooth and oh, yeah. like just you just like, uh, it, I mean, without getting into like all kinds of crazy things. I mean, my brother and I always talk about this too. Like, you know, history I think will shine a lot brighter on Obama than present days. I think everybody's just so like fiery that like nobody could like. You know, you, it's just so, like, such a hostile political climate just in general. Everybody is, you know, you have 24-hour news cycles, Facebook accounts. Everybody feels like they have to have, like, these, like, strong hot takes, like, all day. Um, I guess, like, people who have their own podcasts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, so Obama was the first to live through that. And I just, I think it, it didn't matter who was president. 
they were just going to get shit for whatever. But, I mean, with the, with the mess the guy inherited, he did a pretty friggin' good job. I mean, you know, like with, with, the, with the situation Obama inherited, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't agree with every single thing he did, but overall, I mean— like, you know, he took over a situation losing a couple hundred thousand jobs where we were on the verge of a depression in the midst of a recession already with the housing market bottomed out, the banking market bottomed out. And I mean, you know, he left the presidency with a Dow over 20,000, unemployment under five and gas prices, you know, to two and change a, a, a gallon. I think most people would sign up for that. I mean. Yeah, I didn't see. You know, I went out on my own into business in two thousand and eight. So literally, the worst, like where, the worst time. yeah, yeah, and that's no, it's it's just, it's scary. And obviously, you know, you had a young family. I mean, that's a but, and right, I mean, and and your business has has done very well. Yeah, we started really small and then expanded a year and a half later, and then you know, everything's been going. And that's what I always crack up about, like with you know, I. Again, not, life isn't perfect, and of course, New Jersey is expensive. But you know, it, it, I look at presidents much like like a coach or a quarterback in in football. Like you're going to get way too much credit or way too much blame. Where everything kind of has, you know, there's a lot of different pieces that have to kind of fit together to make it all work. But people like they they vilified Obama for for so many things, and it's like, you know. First of all, like if you understand politics, your local and state legislators have a lot more to do with your daily life than the president does on on a lot of issues. Mm -hmm. And and all right, and if Obama does, I mean, the guy's done a pretty good job. I mean, of course I hit that again, but <laughs> no, but you know the guy. I mean, like, like yeah, like I mean, all things considered, I mean, what else do you want the guy to do? Like he did a pretty solid job, and now it's like. Again, I feel like everybody took him for granted, and now, now look what's in office and what daily life looks like with, with this. I yeah, mean, well, you know, it was my whole take on on the whole election. It, it was going, it was for change. So either way, yeah, you know, you had you had the two polar opposite, but were fighting for the same thing, yeah, in their own way, uh, with Sanders and Trump. And um, yeah, it was all that, about change, change, change. Unfortunately, Sanders, you know, didn't yeah. make the cut. But and yeah, and you know, I mean, obviously, won. yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. And uh, you know, people again. I mean, it was a very small segment of the voters that really just ended up deciding the the you know the the final race. But yeah, no, I mean, it, it became this more nationalist, populist thing. Like, all right, let's stay out of the world issues. Which again, I'm not totally. I, I don't hate the idea of not being involved in every conflict overseas yeah but again but then you see like things all right that don't make sense all right fine if that's if you like like trump if you have a nationalistic view keep you know we want to keep the the homeland safe all right we i, I can use that as a starting point don't add 84 billion dollars to the to the defense budget we that well, already spent 600 billion dollars through peace through strength like like you a know a lot of it's silly because it's bullshit a lot of it's, how, it's, how can you say that how can you say that one president wants to make the country more safe than another i know it's it's, it's the same it's you, bullshit you, you mean to tell me that over, over the past hundred plus years they haven't came up with the way yeah. <laughs> to make it the I, safest I yeah and and i mean we we spent we already spent the 
uh, as much money as the next 10 countries combined on our military, on our military, we're going to spend another $84 billion in a budget and yeah. cut, you know, so, you know, we have this whole thing, oh, national, you know, nationally about the, about, about the homeland and cutting all of these programs that, of course, Trump doesn't want because they're, you know, a lot of them are probably social programs that of people that didn't vote for him and he's going to punish them. Yeah, well, also, it's, just, it's all tied in with the, you know, if, if they do build up their army and build more planes, build more, you know, whatever it takes, it's also going to boost industry. And he's going to make jobs. And, so that's and like again, look but on even it. even like you know, but even like his stance on that, like all right, we're going to more like again, they're all jobs that he he wouldn't have his he no. would never tell his kids to go get these jobs. There's no pro environmental plan whatsoever yeah. for him. Oh, oh, he if if he has his way, the environment is going to be a, a shit show. Like again, it's going to be one of those things where you won't see it while he's in office, but in probably the five years after he's in office, the damage that's done. By all these big industries that are just going to have no regulation and just completely, the, it's it's a shame. And the pharmaceuticals, uh, and you hear Sanders talk about this yeah. all the time. Why do we pay these inflated rates yeah. for medicines that nobody needs? Yeah. You know what we need? We need farms. You need to buy from your local farmers. Yep. But eat the local honey. And all, all the natural yep. remedies that people have been using for thousands of years. Yep. And not chemicals, but it, uh, no. The, what? What? I mean, the policies and the people that are you know in place. Are, uh, that's the part that's just terrifying. Like Steve Bannon, is, uh, obviously enough's been written about him. He is the most. I mean, that guy is just vile. I mean, he's just like he, uh, evil is just not doing it justice enough. Like, I mean, that guy is just. And I mean, he said it flat out at the CPAC convention. He wants to deconstruct the establishment of like. The the way the government works, he wants to basically fuck the whole thing up. He basically he said that like that's he wants to just deconstruct it. So people like that are just like I mean you know well I you know whacked out. I, my feeling I do think you know there needs to be a big like overhaul and big change. Yeah. Um, you know I know a lot of government jobs are very lax. No, they, and absolutely, and like they're and then there's a lot of you know duplicity in in the jobs where you know where a lot of them are just certain agencies and jobs that do the same things over and over and over again, and you know a lot of overlap. So I have no problem with make, making it more streamlined and efficient. That like yeah, that, I think it definitely can. There's probably uh, that, that 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 I have no problem with that, but the way that, that guy Bannon talks is is just is terrifying. I mean, that guy is whacked, um, <laughs> and you know, and, and again, and as I said, I mean, Trump, like, just the the initiative is just like, it's just so eighties. Like, it's just like you know, like oh yeah, coal, steel, space, Russia, everything is like like we're I'm waiting spandex, for, I'm waiting for like Rocky to like come back. You know, maybe Rocky can help end the Cold War like he did in Rocky. Yeah, he's IV. living he's living his eighties dream. Yeah, no, this is like the it's the most eighties like agenda. Write a song about it, <laughs> like the Trump. <laughs> okay, we'll we got we'll have your uncle help with that yeah. with that one. We, no, but, it, but Trump's '80s dreamland. <laughs> but it is. It's like just everything is just so '80s. Like I, I can't get over like like how, like I mean, he just thinks like you know. Yeah, he just, yeah, he comes out you know, it, in this press conference and it's like living in America. <laughs> that's I, it. I, 
I mean, I, 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 I can't get over it. It cracks me up. But um, no, but I, I, you know, obviously it's been a long little segue here. But I, you know, the, the, you can't get anywhere, go anywhere without having this be the issue that that's talked about or discussed. And and of course, I, I know oh, yeah. the restaurant industry. Uh, you know, of course, you know there are certain industries <laughs> where there are more you know immigrant workers or or you know workers from from different countries i mean have you heard of the restaurant industry have you heard of problems yet because of trump's policies or proposed policies or you know you know or people in the industry getting scared or you know anything like that i mean how uh, how would you kind of gauge the pulse of of it there was an an initial fear mm-hmm. you know that you saw yeah um with the the first uh, travel ban not the travel ban, uh, basically. Uh, or him on the campaign trail saying he's going to build a wall. <laughs> I don't think the wall necessarily, but I think more of uh, the deportation. Uh huh. Um, well, and then they hired ten thousand more border or uh, ICE agents to basically carry that out. There was a little bit of fear, but I think yeah. they they kind of squashed that. I know Ryan tried mm-hmm. uh, squash it a few times. I heard him, and then uh, Bush with his whole. He yeah. had like this little campaign thing going on, yeah. Where um, he said, "Oh well, immigrants," and and then he, you know, I think it was on uh, NBC. Yeah, he did, he did an inter- he was uh, he was promoting his book, but he did it, you know, like a long interview. color by number. His color by number. He, well, he, yeah, he's painted. Yeah, he paints like I don't know whatever the fuck he paints. But yeah, he. So yeah, yeah he, he, he. Yeah, it's he, pretty cool. He paints, you know, veterans and yeah, and the, yeah. It was, it's, um, but yeah, he he. I believe yeah, he called for. You know, kind of like with the calming, with the attack on the media and attacking mm-hmm. on the uh, on immigration and everything. And it was actually it was really nice. You know, yeah. it was I think it was heartfelt with the heat. But he, um, yeah. So it was basically saying that there should be a merit system. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you're done ten years in the country, you get which is which is fine. I mean, give people incentive, give people you know a re like, you know, if people if. I mean, first of all, the whole country is made up of immigrants. You know, I, I mean, I, my, my, my dad was an immigrant. You know, I mean, I've. It's I, just, it's just, uh, it's crazy too to go to say like, oh, let's go around and like just scounder up Span- Hispanic immigrants. Yeah, and then check, you know, check papers like, and and just or and just start, about, and just start separating well, families and and bull, you know. Wait, so what? You know, you mean to tell me you're not doing that for? Italian immigrants, yeah. Irish immigrants, English. No, it's just yeah, it's just. And, and it, from what I gather, and from people I've talked to, that um, you know, there are a lot of other immigrants that mm-hmm. are not only Hispanic. No, oh, absolutely. That, that are not paying taxes. Yeah. And I and I mean, you know, you, you look. I mean, I, I I could speak personally. I mean, I've worked. My dad owned a construction company. I worked with a lot of workers from different countries, and people always. Never a problem. Great guys. Great, you know, come from great families. They send half their paycheck back home. I mean, they they pay taxes. That, you know, again, I mean, whatever. However, they need to work it. But you know, I mean, again, it's yeah. just uh, and, and and doing a lot of jobs that I know normal white Americans, as you want, if you want to call them that, wouldn't want to do. And so, I, don't, I don't know what the number is, but you know, how many millions are undocumented? Was it like 12, 11 or 12 million, I guess, somewhere in that ballpark? You know, this is always the number you hear. And if you can vouch, you know, if, if they can have a certain amount of people to vouch, you know, if they have some kind of merits, then there should be a system. Yeah. Give and, them, I mean, and that's, again, that, that tax money. And that's the, and again, the, the, I mean, the, 
honestly, the real fight is just, oh, again, over immigration. It, it, it always comes down to voting and whether it be voting uh, suppression, vote, you know, voting rights. And, I mean, really what what is basically being a, is the crux of the problem is that probably the GOP is scared to have them have a pathway to, to being citizens and being able to vote and thinking those votes will go to Democrats. I mean, that's really probably at the heart of the issue if we really want to boil it down. And it's unfortunate because, you know, there are sol- there are many solvable ways to, you know, end this friggin' immigration Well, like, it's the same, w- same with the, the jails. You know, yeah. the African-Americans have been just locked yeah. up. Yeah, for, for and, bullshit crimes. I mean, Obama, yeah. you know, released a ton of them, uh, you know, over the last few years. It's, it's a granted sad— Granted clemency. It's almost like— It's a, it's a vicious cycle. It's the, it, the country's really been um, unveiled mm-hmm. this last election. And it's not to say that Trump is, is a racist, but it's not that. It's the reality of it, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, the— well, again, the jails were like that was starting to be a thing. Like I believe Cory Booker has been kind of like been been at, at one of the spearheads of of the campaign to just you know any any, any nonviolent offenses, especially you know drug kind of drug possession kind of charges. You know, get clear out the jails and you know yeah. you know not make that you know not have to pay out for that. So now instead. The attorney or again, they're they're hiring. Uh, or, or I believe they're going to privatize a lot of jails to make it, you know, now you know start locking people up left and right and have more jail space. So, I mean, Jeff Sessions, trust me, Jeff Sessions ain't ain't, ain't going to be one of the guys to g- help clear out the jails. I mean, you know, this is a guy who thinks marijuana is like the you know the worst thing on the planet. So he's going to yeah. be he's. I mean, he's. Already, there's been already hints that they're going to quarrel with the states that you know the, the states that allow ma- marijuana to be legal or whatever, or even used for medical use. So there's gonna be all kinds of problems. But yeah, that that ain't that's not, not not too good, right there. <laughs> I mean, so there's yeah, I mean that there there's there's some there's some show like again once like I think they have so many things on their plate right now that a lot of things are kind of getting pushed to the side. Once, you know, things I, I think once a few things get kind of taken care of, whether it be Obamacare and or a tax cut, you know, the things that they're going to start focusing their attention on. That's the stuff that scares me. The big stuff like I'd rather have them be kind of distracted with that, you know, and just like just, you know, be kind of tied up in a few news cycles with with, with just some other items, just because when they start, I think, like nitpicking at some things, there's going to that's the stuff that's going to start affecting, you know, a lot of people's lives. I mean, yeah, I, it's, I, it's very complicated and very crazy. I've just never seen anything like it. I mean, you know, again, like I work, worked in the news. I mean, Obama, there was never like national, like, again, very, very rarely would you have a, a national story that would register. Like, again, when I worked at a New Jersey radio station and like. You, you just wouldn't do it. Now, every day, I mean, you can have 40 stories. I, I don't even – like, editors are, like, pulling their hair out trying to figure out what is – especially for a newspaper, by the time deadline hits, like, the story could change, you know, 40 times. Then by 6.30, you know, Trump tweets out something absurd, and the news cycle is completely busted. So He knows you – know, he, he knows how to manipulate them. Yeah. He, he does. I'll That's give him he, that. He's working. It's the whole machine. Yes. He is – he's fucking with them Every every which way, and we're glued where it's just 
Well, and that's the problem. I mean, you know, and a, a lot of people are complicit be, because, I mean, even though even though maybe the news coverage hasn't always been favorable, he he got something like fourteen billion dollars in free advertising throughout the campaign. I mean, because the the media was fixated on him, and I mean, I, I I'm guilty of watching it because it was it was just so crazy to watch this. Yeah, me and, too. And um, you know, you saw it, and then. But he obviously, I mean, he he was able to, you know, you had 16 people in the GOP field was thought to be the strongest field ever. And, you know, he defeated all of them because he was on TV 24 hours a day. And again, he knew how to, like you said, he knew he knew exactly how to manipulate every single. I mean, he it just he, he is he's brilliant with the media like he's the guy knows what he's doing. They said too it, the, his technique of how he speaks it's common amongst like uh, comedians, uh-huh. and it's a delivery. Like he does like, the same delivery. Uh huh. I, I get, and I mean, he's just and he's and he's managed to boil it all down in a way where you know you know he, he goes to rural America, he makes the message simple, <laughs> just like you know, and he I mean he lies about fucking everything but you know makes it somehow seem like he's all about loving this country i mean that he's about the little guy even though he's his whole that's that that's the part that kills me just like people have resources to go like go on a computer and just read about you know just read about his career and things that have happened you'll get all the answers you need it's just like for people to to still get get bamboozled is just like I mean it, it's amazing to me. Yeah, his entire life has been about fucking the little guy. I mean, is it the, the guy's entire life? I mean, even make America great again. He stole that phrase from Ronald Reagan. It was it's not even his phrase. And he'll still have you believe that he thought of that in the middle of the night. I mean, it is. Uh, it's I mean, but that but like, and you and know. people you know and the. The, the hardcore liberals, they're all happy because they're making a lot of money because the market's killing it right now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're and, just like, well, they don't care. You know, their, their retirement's crushing. And, and I mean, you know, they, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, how they channel this activist energy because there is, I mean, there, I will, you know, so far, um, you know, I don't know what that's going to translate to. I, I know Tom Perez now will be the, the head of the, uh, Democratic Party. He, he has a lot on his plate because I mean, they, I mean, they are smoked in e- everywhere. I mean, they they got killed in the state races, the local race. I mean, they they are. This is the worst shape the Democratic Party has been in in you know a hundred years or whatever. So they they, they have a pretty daunting task to uh, to, yeah. to to get it back on. And I, I'm curious if Obama will participate. That it is amazing. Uh, did, did you see him when he was in New York? Did you see that video of when he was? He he went with his daughter to see a play or something. No, he looked like a rock star, like just like like gleaming. Like you could see, like not like having that the stress of that job on you. Yeah. What it does if Trump look? I mean, he looks horrible right now. I mean, I mean, granted, every guy who ever goes in there, you just look yeah. like that. That job just kicks your ass. Yeah. But Obama, not he looked like he had like makeup. Like he just looked like he was like like glowing. Like he just he had that look on his face. Like it's your job. Like you you could have it. But it, uh, it was it was pretty amazing just to see him just like he was so happy. Um, but you know I, you know I was as I was saying I, I was I was curious if you know if the Trump presidency because again it has had a positive effect on some business, but 
Um, you know, I didn't know if, if it has begun to affect the restaurant industry. I know it's affected the travel industry. A lot of people aren't aren't traveling now. Like, you know, a lot of international travel is already down. But we'll, we'll see. I'm I'm going to get my passport renewal tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. and I'm leaving on vacation next Tuesday. Where are you going, Philly? We'll Just see for what Philly for the Philly. I'm going to New York. Oh, okay. So um, hopefully I get it all goes well. So I, I'm curious to see firsthand. <laughs> no, so that's going to be an experience. Um, in, in, you know, before before we, we wrap up, I, w- I wanted to throw, throw two two more at you. Um, you know, w- with uh, you know, again, you, I, I know you're very involved with your restaurant. Of course, it's you know, I mean, what do you open six six days a week, right? Seven days. Oh, you are seven. Okay, I don't know. For some reason, I thought you were closed on Sunday. Okay, so. Seven day, I mean, everyday operation. Yeah, seven days, breakfast, lunch, dinner, Monday through Saturday. You have three, three kids, three kids. Their social security. No, no I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you, have, you have three kids. I mean, how how does how do you balance all of it with you know having having you know a, a business that is a you know day and night business? Yeah, it's just shutting it on and off. You know, shoot home. I mean, right? Are you like? What would you say, like in a normal week? I mean, how many? I mean, days, hours? Do you work? Like, how? It, how, com- how do you- it comes in waves, you know. Luckily, now I have uh, well, good staff, mm-hmm. um, so I'm home. I'm off two days a week. I'm home a good amount. I get to get to help coach my son's uh, mm-hmm. baseball team, and I have I do have some time. That's good. Yeah, it's, and, it's good. I mean, wh- how would you? I know you were telling me this beforehand. You know, it, I mean, is it is it difficult to find good people in this field where, you know, number, you know, number twos and threes and four, you know, guys, you know, who can work behind you and pick up the slack when you're not there. I mean, how difficult is it in this field, you know, yeah, the way, the way the, you know, the industry is going to find guys like this? Yeah. The, the, there's just so many restaurants nowadays mm-hmm. on every corner. And why do you think, is that, what, do you think there's a certain reason why that is? It just seems to be the thing, you know, it's what you do. I guess you go so, out. You go out like to eat. I, I just, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering if you know. I'm wondering if it's like almost like the, again, just like one of those like, like the, like the poker craze and everything else. I mean, cooking shows are popular now. I mean, they are. I mean, you know, generally you know, people make plans. It's they're going to go out to dinner. Yeah, I'm just. Or, I know. I'm just curious. I'm just curious if people are now just like you know because. Maybe they didn't think they had a creative outlet. People have gone, you know, where they think, oh, I, I, I could do what they're doing on Chopped and, you know, and, and don't, you know, and just go for it. Even though, again, like, I mean, I mean, how many hours would you say you worked in kitchens or, or you know, or years before you opened up your own place? I had been working probably about 12 years. No, okay, 12 years before you opened your own kitchen. Yeah. And that, I mean, uh, in, and obviously, I mean, that's a ton of experience. Yeah, 12 years, and, I, you know, I, I was exec, I was yeah. the executive sous chef at two different places mm-hmm. and worked for, worked for Wh- hands-on business. Yeah, whereas, and, and, but whereas now, I mean, you know, people, you know, are, are probably going to culinary school, if that, and, or, well, that, what's or, or, happening? Or, or, I mean, what's, what's kind of the, what's the well, this brings transition? Up another kind of topic about tipping. Uh-huh. So... You know, you basically you go to say you go to a CIA or a, or a Johnson and Wales. Mm-hmm. Thirty. Actually, where my cousin's going right now. Yeah, thirty, forty grand a year, mm-hmm. easy. You get out and your your first job as a, as a cook, you're making twelve dollars an hour, mm-hmm. so, and, and you're working. Say you're working at one of the top restaurants in Manhattan, making twelve dollars an hour. 
You live in New Jersey. How do you do that? And it's not like they're ma- they're working you 100 hours a mm-hmm. week. They might work you 50. Mm-hmm. So it just becomes almost impossible. So what a lot of the culinary students are doing is becoming servers. Because you think about it, a waitress or waiter gets 18 20%. Yeah. So it's it's there's always been that uh, unfair balance from a kitchen that we're yeah they're kitchen, not, yeah. kitchen you're in you're prepping all day long you don't sit all day you don't eat you know you you don't have proper breaks you just go all day mm-hmm. whereas the front of the house will work a four hour shift you break it down they're making thirty dollars an and, hour is there and is there is there like a riff a lot with with that because yeah because there's of always that? there's always been like a, a tension from the front and the back mm-hmm. you know not like a unity. So, you know, restaurateur Danny Myers is starting to um, implement that no-tipping policy. I remember, actually remember reading about, right, he's the guy with, who owned Shake Shack, right, and all those, like, bunch of— Gramercy yeah, Tavern, yeah, Gramercy Union Tavern. Square. Yeah, yeah I, mean, no, I, remember, yeah. I remember him—you know what, I, I think it was like a headline. I remember him saying he was, like, changing, I guess, the way they were—everything was kind of distributed in terms of the, the uh, you know, the—, the the finances or, or money between, you know, the front and back of yeah. the house. Yeah, because, you know, he had said it, that they had tried to, like, give uh, kitchen staff uh, metro car, you know, to balance it out because uh-huh. they feel bad. But, you know, it's a, it's an unfair kind of— uh, mm. But ba- and, and so basically, so these, these young kids, are, you know, they're becoming servers and then, and then eventually saving up some money and then opening their own place, something Possibly. like that. Yeah, but— you you know you you can be a bartender server mm. make a you know yeah. de- really decent wage you know make 80 grand a year mm-hmm. being a, at a good restaurant so, as opposed yeah, to yeah. making 35 40 no no and then yeah and then doing something like that but uh, but again and that but but getting none of the experience none of the you know none of the especially i mean again if, if they're doing if, if they did it like that where you're you're literally getting no back of the house experience like you were describing earlier you, well that's you know the the chef job and a, for a true chef who knows how to prepare order handle handle the whole operation is is going to become a very um you know very important job because mm-hmm. there's you know not not many that do the whole thing yeah um yeah because i'd be i mean i just wonder who like who i mean i you know who's investing in those kinds of you have kid. a you know you have a, a an owner who who has money is going to back a restaurant yeah and they um you know say they basically just go out and hire a chef mm-hmm. have them develop the menu maybe get a maybe get a consultant that's a little bit better than the chef he hired you know to help write the menu then they're there for a few months and leave and that's it then this chef's on their own and you know, it takes a lot of passion to to really make it special. You know, and to really put mm-hmm. for for, for long lasting businesses. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, with things like that, I mean, where somebody you know just I don't know, it 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 almost seems like a whim rather than you know something like that. Like they've you know something they've dreamed about their whole life, and, yeah, you know, oh, and and built their way up to where you know again you know just like where you really started at the bottom. Build, build your way up and now you you know either bought out a restaurant or finally you know had you know enough experience and money saved up to 
you know, own your own place, you know. And, you know, there's st- there's a flux of restaurants, and then there still is a lot of competition. You mm-hmm. keep adding every year, another one pops up, another one pops up. And there's a big movement down in Nashville, too. Yeah. Uh, I think my uncle lives down there, and it was uh, Mark Mulch. He, uh, so he uh, basically, I think it was last year or the past two years, 300 new restaurants opened. And, and which is crazy because Nashville, because Nashville, I mean, it's it's obviously a city, but it's not a big city. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a pretty tiny, uh, you know, by city standards, it's pretty. So and and so you have these, you know, people that want to open new restaurants, and they have the idea. They can. They've been eating all over the world, right? They know the design of it, what yeah. it's going to look like, yeah. the feel of it, the type of menu they want. But then, who who the hell is going to cook all this food? Who's gonna make it happen? So I mean, so there, there's and just, so there's just a shortage of like talented like there's shortage back of, of back, you know it would be more back of the house guys to, all or, around or, all around yeah and, and I've read several articles uh, on this you know California chefs uh, New York chefs and they're, they're, you know you have the few names huge mm. name chefs that um, like the Voltaggio brothers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eagle <laughs> brothers, but but yeah, but I mean, what I mean, what do you think the solution is though? Like to bridge that gap? I mean, is it just going to be just like this mass closing of restaurants? Is it going to? I mean, I mean, what, what what do you think? I mean, clearly there's this huge, you know, just deficit in in just talent versus you know the amount of places there are. I mean. Do you think there's any fix for that, or? Uh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there, it's just it's, or it's like, it's ro- a, like ro- robots or something. No, it's <laughs> yeah. I want to invent the Joey robot. That would be yeah. Just just Freak. one machine. Yeah, one. Like I probably need like three or four Joey robots. Yeah, and that's all they do. And just make ro- Joey's all Joey better. robot. That's it. Bing, bing, bing. It, the the uh, server puts it in the computer, yeah. shoots well, right in, and this robot makes a perfect Joey. Every well, time. How many? How many? I'll ask you more about this off 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 the air because no, I there. There's a few projects that are in the works. Uh, hopefully for this year, which I'll explain off the air a little Great. bit more uh, because there'll be official announcement actually later this week. But, um, but if if there were to be a food element involved in it. How, how, what's what's the most amount of joeys you've made for like for an event? <sighs> oh man, in, in the Middletown High School, uh-huh. they were in the championship for football. Yes, they ordered every week, every football game. Mm-hmm. They ordered like two large joey pies, like thirty six joeys. Okay, every week they did it. <laughs> I think the, it was the, the entire team, the the coach, one uh, of the uh, coaches, or somebody uh, from for the, the team. Yeah. Jesus. They made it to the championship. I don't think they won the championship, yeah, okay. but they made it. But yeah, we can, you know what the, what I do New Year's Eve is I make six foot Joeys. Okay. All right. Six foot of Joey. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna have to buy like a, buy like a farm of chickens. And... Yeah. That's right. the, that's the goal. That's the goal. We living on the farm. Oh right, and you said you're right, you have a special a special chicken you use, right, just for the Joey or something, or, or you yeah, know. we do. We use a a, a beautiful. You, know, you don't have to give your you don't have to give your secret. You don't have to give your secrets. I don't. But there and, and and so I mean, is that the? Na- I mean, what are you 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 did the expansion? Yeah, you, you know, you have the obviously you know, 
now, right? It's two storefronts that are basically of the. No, it's one storefront. It's uh, you walk in and we have a market. Okay. Um, and the entrance. So the market is a little grab and go case. Uh, we do uh, really great uh, fresh French press coffees. Okay. Ground to order, and then uh, we have the full service restaurant, mm. and uh, so you can order takeout. Or right, and there's like a, if, especially for, like when it does get nice out, there like you open the doors and there's yep. a whole thing. We have 22 and seats outside. the The door is completely open. There's that many outside. I, I, 22. Yep. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. That's the thing. I actually I don't think I've been there since the renovation. I think I saw the uh, pictures online or on on Facebook or whatever. Um, and then uh, and then obviously the the chef's table, which we were talking about. Yeah, it's it's really nice. It's, <clears throat> gotten great feedback and it's going well all right and then uh any any plugs right you guys still do entertainment right ever we don't do uh you know no music we do for for uh different pop-up nights okay so yeah yeah, i saw i know there right there was the one for uh for saint patty right saint patty's was it yeah we had uh phil pesh and the the fun fun guys guys. (laughs) who was it was that's his new that's his new uh band that's his band he it's phil pesh does he did the irish classics (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Phil Pesh from Staten Island. Philip Gabriel Jr. the second does the Irish classics. <laughs> it was I love it. And uh, he, he must have told at least fifteen jokes. He, oh, he does, he does jokes. Now? Jokes with with, with nice Irish Irish me- accent. <laughs> That's great. It's classic. Um, well, uh, any other plugs to give? Instagram or. Uh, Twitter or, or website yeah. and all that. Go Check out it. my Instagram. My Instagram, uh, Casey Pesh, and uh, Casey the Pesh mode. Casey the Beshe, <laughs> Ubeshe. Uh, <laughs> we are gonna have an up and coming wine dinner and uh, mm. in May, featuring uh, Sonoma and Russian River and, Valley wines. And uh, what's the, the web? What's what is it? Did G the G catering? Yep, DJ catering dot com. All right. And, uh, yeah, check it all. I know. No, I, I know you. You do your uh, your fancy food. You, it looks your foodie uh, food porn photos on Instagram all the time. Yeah, I I love like you know I for some reason I don't do the Jeet Instagram yeah. because but, yeah because my own is it's my personal little log of of my dishes and yeah you know well I, actually you know let me I I know you obviously I mean you. you you guys use local local farms. I know you grow a ton of your own vegetables, right? Didn't you like buy a spot, like like a or a place for to farm or something near? Or we like, do. Like we, a, you, you have like a little like a, you guys built your own farm like near the restaurant or something. We was have it, a, garden. Some, a garden. We have a culinary garden there. That's right in the Grove West. That, okay, that, uh, that's what it was. Yep. Yeah. I am looking for uh, farmland f- for that purpose. Uh huh. Yeah. But no, I was gonna say what. Because I was just curious of, of just this, just in general. What's what's your process for like just kind of cultivating a dish? And in, in your like, I mean, is there any like just anything in particular? I mean, do you like is like there a it, time it, when you sit down and just do it? I mean, is it just something that just randomly pops up in your head? Do you keep like a a notebook of just like ideas to sketch out? I mean, how, how do you like work that kind of process out? Yeah, it's basically you know it's a day to day because I have to create something almost every day, something mm-hmm. new. Uh, or at least three out of five days a week. So a lot of it will just be ingredients-based. Like, okay, like, for example, yesterday, blue, uh, bluefin tuna. Mm-hmm. Uh, bluefin tuna is what the, it's on the the TV show. Yeah. Is what they catch. Yeah. And it was just gorgeous tuna. 
looking at it. I walk in the walk-in. I have a lot of watercress. I have a lot of potatoes. <laughs> you know, so you kind of work with what you okay. have and yeah. then manipulate, you know, you know, and make a dish out of it. Okay. Put it together. It's constant. It's what, what, do you, what do you have available, and especially during the summer? Something can change. Mm. All right, one, one day I have uh, Swiss chard. The next day it's all done. I have to change the dish up. So mm-hmm. you, you just adjust. And then, like, I mean, if you, like, if you do a special like that, I mean, do you just, like, I mean, if, if it's a winter, store it away for, you know, and use no, it again um, soon? I mean, I mean, I, honestly, uh, do, do you, like, do you, never, you never do it again? Like, sometimes uh, I'll never do it again. Okay. It's just, uh, it's not, I'm not, we're creating something that you eat and it's gone. Mm hmm. You know, we're not drawing. We're not yeah. like painting a, a Michelangelo or like or a, a, a Picasso. Uh, you know, we're basically just, you know we're creating something with mm. a great ingredient. You know, Except my, and a Joey. My brother-in-law and I. He's a, he's a brewer, and you know we had this whole discussion about. He's like, okay, he gets really intense. You know, after like twenty Guinness on St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, uh, so are, are you a craftsman or are you an artist? And I'm like, what? So he's like, okay, well, craftsmen, you know, you you, you work with a good product and you mm-hmm. make it and you make it shine. An artist manipulates it. We're going back and forth. So, you know, game down to the, at the end of the day, you got to be a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Where you can take, you know, you craft something, but you put an artistic uh, flair on the presentation, mm-hmm. you know, which makes it nice to, you know, to look at and yeah. to eat. But so it's I mean, an but, overall experience. Yeah. But, but but I mean, even if you like created like just like this just killer thing, really. I mean, a lot of this, especially you just like will never revisit. I mean, for the most part, I mean, just a lot of them I don't. I would say majority I don't. And then I might bring them back like seasonally. Like there's this crispy chicken I do with watermelon salad, mm-hmm. and it's really good and it's it's nice. It's light. It's with a lavender honey yeah. or a chamomile honey, which I pick all the chamomile right from our garden. And we drizzle it with the honey and the ranch, but um, that dish I like a lot. It's it's very good. People love it, and also it's easy to execute mm-hmm. in the kitchen. You know, it's a quick yeah. pickup. So um, I do bring that back. You know, in the busy season, but a lot of things we just it's all right. What's what's available and do it. Okay. Well, on the cuff. I love it. Um, again, everybody, check it out. Casey's uh, restaurant, Dejit. In, uh, in the Grove in Shrewsbury, awesome place. Uh, they do just regular sit-down, takeout. They do catering, the whole night. You can order 7,000 Joeys if, if you want. <laughs> um, six-foot Joey. Yeah, six-foot Joeys. And, uh, but definitely uh, awesome place, and uh, definitely check it out for the with the expansion in, in the summertime. Good place for a uh, for a date night, and isn't going to cost seven thousand dollars like for Marjorie. Uh, well, so, um, but uh, <clears throat> Case, thanks again for uh, coming down here, and we'll definitely do it again soon. Thanks, Patty. All My right. pleasure. Anytime. You got it. Take care, everybody, and uh, we'll be back. Uh, I don't know next week or something. Take care. <laughs>